0: And so today we're actually going to have the first teaching of that series, which was Go Big and Follow Me. And if you, many of you remember, we actually decided to follow the journey of Abraham, not because we were just plucking a, a character out of the Bible, but for a very significant purpose of why we decided to follow him. The reason why we decided to follow what he was doing is because God decided to plant his future work of salvation beginning with Abraham, through Abraham and with Abraham. Now, there's two things I want to talk about today. And then there's three questions I want to ask today. Two things I want to talk about and three questions I want to ask. And the first thing I want to talk about is this thing called the Abrahamic blessing. The Abrahamic blessing. Now, Don't worry about it. I know it looks like a complicated word, but if you can order a decaf grande um, caramel macchiato at Starbucks, you're good at memorizing very complicated words here. Okay, so the Abrahamic blessing. What is the Abrahamic blessing? Believe it or not, it is one of the most significant scriptures in all of, of, of your Bible. One of the most, in fact, it's a pivotal scripture of blessing in the Bible because of what we're about to read. Here's what we're going to read. Genesis chapter 12, verses one to three. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you, here's the beginning of the Abrahamic blessing. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Have you ever heard this before? Have you ever heard this scripture? Read this scripture before? Now, now listen to this. Listen. When you're reading this type of Scripture, it's easy to read it in the context of the blessing that we have. It's easy to to read it and go, oh yeah, we know all about blessing. Yeah, we know about blessing. But think about it. In those days, this was probably the first time that God had made a decision after all the fall, after the sin, after Noah's ark, all the crazy things that had happened on earth. He made a decision to say, I'm going to look for someone to establish my blessing again on earth right here so I can take it to everybody else and I can bring communion and union back between me and my people. Remember, for the fall, God had, 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 had Adam and Eve had sinned and they had fallen away from God. And then the whole world had sinned so badly that he had to wipe out the earth with, with Noah. And he was trying to figure out how to get back into relationship with these people of God. And here is what he's done is he's found a man called Abraham. And he said, I'm going to make my covenant with you. And this is what's going to happen. What is this whole thing about? It's about God redeeming his people, bringing us salvation to humanity. It's a little bit like a blueprint, right? This is a picture of a blueprint of what he is looking to build. This is in a sense what we're trying to do even with our building. We've created a blueprint, a picture, a vision of where we're trying to go to, but it's not just a physical location. It's not as that God was just trying to take Abraham to a physical location. He was trying to get him to a union, a communion with God himself. That's what we're trying to do as well. We're trying to create God's vision here on earth through us, right? Now, why would we study the Abrahamic blessing? Why is this so important to us? I'll show you why. Because the writer of Galatians said in 3.16, he said, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. What does seed mean? Seed basically means his offspring, his children, the generations that would come after Now, many of us might look at that and go, well, that's good for Abraham and for all his grandchildren and great-grandchildren and blah, blah, blah. But no, the Galatians writer continues on in verse 27. He says, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's blessing and heirs according to the promise. That means you have inherited everything that has been given to Abraham. It now belongs to you. It ultimately means this. You are the new custodians of the blessing of Abraham. Can I say it again? You are the custodians of the blessing of Abraham. Our responsibility is that the, manifest, the manifestation of God's blessing must come through us, the church, the body. You and you and you and you. Every one of you here, you now are owners of the Abrahamic blessing. Why does it not belong to Abraham anymore? Because he's already gone off to his inheritance, we now actually have to establish it here on earth. Here's the second thing I want to quickly look at before we get into our journey for the next few weeks about talking about Abraham. I want to give a quick picture of what I'm calling Abe facts, right? Abe facts, facts about Abe. First one is this. He moved away from Babel. Now we just read from chapter 12, but in chapter 11, he literally came out of a culture, a community of people that decided they wanted to make God for themselves. If anything, they wanted to build a tower, get up to God's heaven and get up there and say, okay, we're now in charge. Gosh, that sounds like this culture today. It sounds like people trying to build their own altars and try to make themselves God, make themselves celebrities, make themselves the top of the ladder. I'm in charge. You do exactly what I told you to do. Abraham came from that culture, a bit like what we're coming from. We're coming from the same culture today where people are telling us what we should do instead of... Us following what the Scriptures are telling us to do. Here's the second thing. He was the father of Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Now, some of you might be surprised by that and think, he wasn't the father of Islam. Yes, one of his sons were the ones that Islam came through. So actually, he was the father of all those faiths. Are we saying that we should follow Islam? No, because we believe that Christ is the way. The point of God trying to establish his blessing through Abraham was that it would ultimately culminate in his son dying for us, right? Right? No one can save us but the son. The third thing I want to look at is he had no kids. Why is that so significant? Because God said to him, I want to establish my blessing through you. And I'm going to have you be the father of many nations. And you could see him going, what are you talking about? Have you not seen, but for most of my life, I've tried to have children. I haven't been able to have children. Is God messing around with him? I wonder how many of you have actually had a vision, a word or a calling from God and you've told God, it's not possible. It can't come through me. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the skills. I don't have the connections. I don't have something. But I'm telling you, if God has called you to do it, you have to say yes, because Abraham is the proof That great things can happen through very small people with very little resources, except when they say, yes, God can do great things. So here's the three questions I believe that were posed to Abraham as God was speaking to him. The first one is this. Am I really following God? In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abraham, go, go. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now, if you weren't here last week, Pastor Mark had a phenomenal teaching about when Jesus told his disciples to go. And at that moment, when he told his disciples to go, their faith had to move from their head into their heart and then into their hands. And this is significant for us to understand because many Christians listen. This is what Pastor I'm just I'm, well, I'm going to just just going to preach Pastor Mark's teaching again, okay? Because it was that good, right? He basically said. God is not looking for more Christians. He's looking for more disciples because Christians are people who believe with their head and their heart who Christ is, but it doesn't mean they've become Christ followers. They've not become disciples. They've not become disciples themselves to allow it to now translate into their hands. You follow me so far? James even said this, referring to Abraham. He said, you see that Abraham's faith and his actions were working together and his faith were made complete by what he did. Not but what he believed, not what he felt, not what he thought, but what he did. And here's God saying, and the Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people and your father's house, to the land I will show you. Now that's a challenge there, right? It's a real challenge because we often only want to follow God when we know what's about to come. We know what's coming towards us. We know how it's always going to, it's going to play out. Now that I know and understand everything, then I'll be committed to you, God. So many of us understand this, but demand we must know where we're going before we become all in with something. Let me tell you something an old man taught me when I was a kid. And he said, son, slow obedience is no obedience, which is disobedience. Slow obedience is no obedience, which is disobedience. Oftentimes what we're trying to do is follow what we understand or what we feel and not who we know. Right? The Lord said, go to the land I will show you. He didn't even tell them how to get there. He didn't tell them exactly what it was going to be. He just said, go. You see, this is the important thing. It's important for us to understand it's not the what that matters, it's the who that matters. Who are you following? Who have you decided to say yes to? Is it you or is it God? Because even though you might be in a conversation with God where God has told you to do something, oftentimes you'll find out you're actually following yourself because you've decided, I'll wait until the right time comes along. I'll wait um, because it's not, you start coming up with your own logic instead of saying, God, when do you want me to go? Oh, now. Okay, I'll go. I'll go right now. Here's the second question I believe that he was, he was uh, tackled with. And the, the second one is this, where is my security? This is a big one for me personally. Genesis 12:1 says, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. What is he saying there? He said, leave your country, leave your culture and leave your community. For many of us, listen now, That's going to be really hard for you because you don't realize how much your identity is tied up in where you come from, what you come from, and whom you come from. It's amazing how many of us are trying to grasp onto increasing our culture and our identity. And get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that our cultures are all necessarily bad. But what I am saying is that they're nothing compared to the culture of the kingdom of God. And many of us have need to, I believe, we're going to have to start casting off our political positions and stances. We're going to have to start casting off our citizenship of, I come from America and I'm all about this document, uh, the constitution document, and that's what it's all about. That's the thing that will bring us freedom. We're fighting for things that will not change people's hearts. We need to fight for things that will change people's hearts. And the only thing that can change people's hearts is the fact that we have the love of Christ amongst us. Jesus said this. He said, the world will know how you love each other because how you love each other is actually how I have loved you. I gave, put my life down. I didn't demand for my rights. I didn't say it's my way or the highway. I said it was Yahweh. I said it wasn't the constitution. It wasn't my political position. It wasn't even my, the fact that I was white or that I was black or I was blue or purple, whatever color you are. It wasn't because of my sexuality. It's because I'm the son of the Most High. And I believe we need to learn how to become citizens of heaven first. Put it first before our country, our people, our household, our cultures, our communities. Hello. We have to transfer out of all this stuff that we keep holding on to. I'll be honest, I went through the whole process myself. I was kind of thrust into this and coming over to America because people didn't understand me, they didn't quite understand my jokes for sure. And I am funny, right? Right. People didn't understand it. I didn't get to eat the food that I wanted. I didn't get to serve with my father that was running a church in Scotland. I didn't get to do the things that I wanted to do because it wasn't what God was trying to establish through me. I wonder, is your security in your family Is it even in your job? Is it in your education? Is it in what schools your children are going to end up at? Is it in the fact of what you own right now in your life? I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters at home, if your security is in what's around you, you're now settled. You're now dying in your faith. Our security is in whom we're following, not what we have or what we believe. Building up your wealth, your legacy, your security is like climbing a tall ladder of success only to find out it was leaning against the wrong wall. Earthly pursuits must be tied to eternal purposes. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Not because of what we're building right now, but because of what we're trying to hand on to our children so that faith continues with them and doesn't die with us. I want you to look around right now. I want you to look at this building. Look at it. Look at this building. Look at the insulation falling off the top. No, don't look at that. This building is nearly 50 years old. This building was started by a church, a very small church. In fact, by a man. In fact, this whole area around here, many of you don't know this, but this used to be the city dump. If you dig deep enough, you're going to find a tire somewhere, right? This used to be the city dump. In fact, there's a huge kind of little mountain over across the road, down the road, just down there. That's one of the last city dumps that was close to Orlando. In fact, what we're on right now is a city dump. And a pastor years ago, about 50 or 60 years ago, said, I'm going to plant a church there. And so he took, he took block and he took brick and he took old things from the dump and he built the first building out the front. And then the next generation came along and they built this building right here. My whole point of saying that is this. We're living off of the obedience of a past generation. We're getting to enjoy and stand on the shoulders of a past generation. Don't think it's, it's because of what we have done alone. Don't think it's because, look what we have achieved. No, no. We have taken for granted the fact that we enjoy the air conditioning, we enjoy the foundation, we enjoy the covering of a past generation. We think that we're building our faith up. No, we're standing on the shoulders of a past generation. This is what we've got to give to our children. That's why we're trying to do what we're trying to do by building more churches. And this is only the first of many, I believe. I believe that God has called us to plant more churches. Why? So that Northwest name can be big. Forget Northwest. It's not about us. It's about the next generations capturing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about it. This is the fastest growing area in America right now. People are coming from the world, from the nation to this area. They're they're coming to us. We don't have to go to them. We just have to go out to them. Oh my gosh. I am more excited than you are right now. I want you to see this. In the chapter just before, it talks about Abraham's father. and His name was Terah. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out. Look at that. They set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. This is where... God was actually trying to get Abraham to go to. This was going to be the promised land, right? This is Israel as we know it today. This is where God was going to establish his people. He was told, he had already told, before he had told Abram, he had actually told his father, I want you to do it. But something happened along the way. The next verse, the next sentence in that verse is, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. This is a pretty sad verse. One of the things I want to bring, dare I say, a rebuke to us as adults in the faith is how many of us have settled for what God has called us to do and now you're dependent on your children have to go figure it out. Your children are now going to have to go figure out how to go do the big things that he had already called you to do. Let that settle in just for a second. It's not that he didn't leave the Tower of Babel. It's not that he didn't leave the land of Nod, right? He left that area where sin was, where people were trying to build up their tower to become God themselves. He's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm going to leave. And I can only imagine that he congratulated himself because he left sin. But listen, leaving sin is not a high five for you because Jesus has already dealt with that stuff. Going and doing the will of God is what you should be congratulated for. If he told you to leave, go leave. He told you to go, go, go. Go, 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 go. Right? Don't settle for what God has told you to do. Don't even let your children settle for what God has called them to do. But be an example first for what God is calling you to do. What has been God calling you to do? What has he been calling you to do? What's your ministry? What's your calling? Just do it. Why? Because there's no reward for being associated, only being activated. It's time for us to be activated to the level that God is calling us to do. And just go for it. Make it happen. Number three, here's the last question I believe that Abram was tackled with. The last one is this. Have I offered my blessing back to God? Genesis 12, 4-5, it continues on. So Abraham said Nothing. Didn't say nothing. Abraham went. Why? Because slow obedience is no obedience is disobedience. He was immediately obedient to the call of God. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And it continues on. Abram was seventy-five years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired, that's their servants in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. They didn't know what they were walking into. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what was about to happen. What on earth was going to happen? It didn't matter. He took everything he had, everything that he had collected in his life, and he pointed it to the direction of God. That's significant. That's an I'm all in stake in the ground. That's an I'm all in call to God. Oftentimes I believe that many of us have this choice that we're trying to figure out, should I keep this, should I not keep that? We hold on to it and we stay where we're at in the land of Haran like Abraham's father or we can decide to offer up completely without restriction to God. People of God, I'm asking you to point everything towards God. And I'm so proud of so many of you over this last year who have decided to start new ministries. You've decided to be much more generous. You've decided to be much more sacrificial. And I've seen God move in your land and in your heart. And every one of you I know fine well, you would never want to go back to where you came from. Because what you've seen God do in you and through you has been life-changing to you. And I want us to be remembering I want us to be remembering that there are two things that we're trying to do. The first one is this. We're actually trying to win more people for Christ. That's it. Remember I told you I'm trying to babysit you while we're trying to teach your children how to walk with God? Because that's what it's all about. It's trying to help them to discover this life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ and who Jesus is. The second thing I want you to make a decision on is I want you to be all in. Are you still in the game? As we're going through this whole go big journey, are you still in the game? Are you still a part of it? Do you still see the vision of what God is trying to call us to? Don't settle for where you're at. Don't settle for what God has done in you. Again, this is not just about getting a building. This is about manifesting the kingdom in you and through you so we'll see more people for Christ. Are you with me, people of God? Come on, let's stand this morning. Remember, if you want your workbook, you want know, t-shirts with a back. please gather one. If you're at home with us right now, I'm so glad you were with us today. If you would like one of these workbooks or even a t-shirt, let us know. I would love you to be, I'd love you to be a part of this. And I know there are many of you at home right now, even around the nation, and I, you've already told us that you're all in. I want to say thank you for being all in. I am so excited that you want to be on the same journey with us. Father, this morning, I pray that there would be a resparking of this passion, this desire, this vision within us. That something would be made new once again. That what we saw here yesterday when we had the lovely project do this phenomenal work with, the, with kids from the community, trying to help them to discover their voice, their valour and their value, that they would discover where it comes from, that it comes from Jesus Christ that we'd have the same burning passion for the next generation, that we're willing to spend everything we have just to win one more little one to Christ. One more, just give us one more, oh God. Just give us one more. Help us to to be fired up once again for saving people, seeing people saved. God, forgive us for, for being lazy. Forgive us for even questioning where do I fit? Help us to start asking the question, what do I do? Tell me what to do. I'll just do it. Help us to have quick obedience to do what you're trying to do. Establish your kingdom here on earth, we pray. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you. I love seeing you guys. I'll see you next week. Ciao. Bye.